0: Welcome to the Innovation Engine podcast, doing my best Will Sherlin. I'm David DeWolf. And on this week's episode of the podcast, we'll be taking a look back at the first 49 episodes of the Innovation Engine. That's right. This is the 50th 50th podcast of the Innovation Engine. We're going to talk about the three most important takeaways that guests have taught us along the way. And of course, we're going to cover some best and worst moments and some great fun things like what do training to dunk a basketball and innovation and successfully innovating have in common. Here with us today to discuss these topics and more is our very own Will Sherlin. Will is the digital marketing manager at Three Pillar Global and the regular host of the Innovation Engine podcast. For this, our 50th episode of the podcast, he's agreed to turn the tables, and I get to grill him this time (laughs) in order to figure out what he's learned about innovation. So, Will welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, David. It's great to be here.
0: I don't know if I can feel your shoes, but I sure am <laughs> going to try. We're going to do the best we can here. Um, th- thanks for letting us turn the tables. This, this should be great. Yeah, my pleasure. I, I, so just starting out, I, I got to throw you a curveball here. Yep. Uh, what has been just your favorite moment looking back over the past 49 episodes? What is it that stands out of, wow, that was the most fun or the
1: biggest aha moment? What's your favorite memory? So my favorite moment was uh, playing a game of one word story with a guest named Russ Schoen. We were talking mm-hmm. about the importance of being open to drive innovation. Okay, uh, and he was talking about some of the tools that he uses, and improv is one yeah. of the things that he you know uses to kind of help right. uh, people get on the same page, you know, get on the same wavelength. Right, and. Um, you know, most of the stuff that we typically do is a little bit scripted. You right. know, I guess have at least seen questions, but sure. occasionally we will go off script. Right. So Russ and I played a game of one-word story, and okay. the theme was technology. And I don't know, it's just one of those moments where like, you're in the moment, it right. works well, right. yeah, he was laughing, I was laughing. So if I had to pinpoint one thing, that yeah. would probably be my favorite moment from any of the episodes that we've done.
0: That's great. I've got to know, is that a lesson you've carried forward? Have you used that tool or technique or shared it with somebody else outside of the podcast? Uh, I have not. Okay. No. So there's your challenge. you yeah. to-do is find a way to apply that now, right? Yeah. Is, one word story, for it, sure.
1: It's do, key for us. Do you want to play a game? Let's do it.
0: Yeah, let's okay. be spontaneous. Uh, you, do you, you remember how it goes? Uh, a little bit, but remind me. Give me the rules so everybody okay. knows.
1: So we'll come up with a theme, okay? and then we will do a story one word at a time. That's I will right. say a word, you will say a word, I will say a word, you will say a word, and at the end of it, we will have a, a story. A story that we co-created together. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay, do you want to pick a theme, or would you like me to?
0: Um, should, What if we pick the theme of innovation?
1: Innovation, I like it. Right? It is the
0: 50th anniversary, so let's celebrate it. Yes, okay. Okay. Um, Innovation. So, um, I'll start. Ready? Yep. I am in the podcast studio talking to Will about innovation. And
1: I'm looking forward to exploring some incredible topics
0: tomorrow we will listen to a episode of the podcast side note that was just a little too easy wasn't it (laughs) hopefully it will turn out out
1: well and not B, A, total disaster. <laughs> 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 oh, that was great. All right. Yes. Hopefully, it I don't will know not how be. much about
0: innovation we actually covered, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Right? Yes. 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 You really sure. get your wheels turning, right? Yeah. And, and thinking it in the you know I found I was trying to figure out, okay, if I tee up this word, then he's going to respond with one of these, so I'll actually have something to say, right? Yeah, yeah. you have to think a step or two ahead, okay. plant so, some seeds for so yourself. So that, that was the most fun you had. Now I agree, that was actually fun. I I enjoyed that. Um, But back up in, in lessons, right? Mm-hmm. What we want to do on this podcast is share really tips and tricks and tools. How do you innovate, right? Innovation is the currency of today's digital economy right Right. everybody has to innovate to stay relevant we want to share lessons learned so big picture what Mm -hmm. are the top three lessons learned that you've taken away um not just the most fun but the actual lessons that you've taken away from these podcasts
1: yeah so uh, I would say the first one is that it's a team sport. It's not something mm. that any individual is or or department tends to be responsible for. That that's a drum that's been beaten by many guests that have over come on over and over. Yep, interesting. Um, you know, one of the guys that came on who I loved was was named Horace Dediu, and mm-hmm. he talked. To, he's one of the most well-known Apple analysts in the world, mm-hmm. and we talked about the Apple New Product Process, the ANPP, and not a lot is known about it. Right, and you know. Everybody cites Apple as an innovative company. Maybe sure. it's overdone, but obviously they're doing some things right. Right. Um, but you know, his take on it was that n- the ANPP is like water flowing over a rock. It's th- they do uh, things over and over and over and over again until they get it right. And there's this notion that you know Steve Jobs was. You know, was the one person who was kind of doing it all, and that's just right. totally misguided. Right. So that would be one that it's a team sport. It's a team and sport. It's not something that you know one person is responsible for. Uh, another one would be that it's not that it's a long-term process, and it's right. not a get-rich-quick scheme. Okay. You know, yeah. it's not the type of thing that you know you can. Say you want to do it today. Tomorrow you have a prototype. Yeah. Tuesday you're making money off of it. You know it needs right. to be something that you're committed to at a high level organizationally. Okay. Over the long term for it to actually work.
0: So it's a long term investment. It's not a quick
1: payoff. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and then the third is I would say it's it's something that's absolutely positively necessary in, in this day and age. Uh, you know I don't remember the exact stat, but it's it's something along the lines of the average time on the S and P 500 for companies these days is 10 or 12 years. Right. Yeah. And it's shorter than it's ever been. It used to be like
0: 50. It's been having a half life, right? It's just, yeah. You know, yeah. Wow.
1: So those would be three of the main uh-huh. takeaways I would say from, you gotcha. know, from doing the first 50 episodes. So it's the first a team sport. Episodes.
0: Yep. It's a long term investment and it is absolutely positively required in this day and age to that's, stay relevant. That's what I would say. Innovation. All right, there you go. You teed it up. So, um, with that, mm-hmm. think about the market. You ask your guests a lot mm-hmm. about the technologies, the innovations that they see they're coming down, that they're bullish on. Yep. Uh, nobody's ever asked you, what are you bullish on? It, who's doing these three things well and producing results that, that you think, wow, that has little legs?
1: Yeah, so I would say I, I think... You and I have talked about it some in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about it on the first episode. I think wearables is an industry that I think it it will take off, and with uh, personal health and fitness. So Mm -hmm. I have a Jawbone 3 that's on the way. It was on back order. It'll be here in two months, I think, something like that. (laughs) It's in that much demand, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I'm excited about that, and I Mm -hmm. think that there are huge, huge possibilities for uh, overall health and wellness improvements based on the Mm -hmm. kinds of information we will come to learn from Mm -hmm. devices that we're wearing in some form or fashion. So things we can't even imagine right now is what I'm hearing you say. I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah, interesting. Uh, So that's one area that I'm excited about. Another one, selfishly, that I'm excited about, (laughs) but that I think is also – that there are many applications that we haven't even thought of is something that John Estrada and I talked about a while mm-hmm. back, which is driverless cars. okay. He brought up some some very interesting points in uh, areas of safety and okay. productivity that mm-hmm. you know I would just say if a driverless car was available today, I would you I buy would buy one. it absolutely. really, yeah,
0: really. It, do you think it's something that can actually pragmatically happen, though? I guess my concern with that area is, hey, it sounds fabulous. And if everybody in the world had them, yeah, I see how it works. Yeah. But did you take away the confidence in that episode or, or in further research that, yeah, this is actually possible? There's a plan for slowly introducing it in the market so that we don't have to mandate that everybody on the road immediately switches over.
1: Yeah, um, I I don't know what the roadmap to that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think that it will happen. He mm. was saying, you know, that there may be communities in in California or wherever where they sure. test it on a small scale. Okay, I do think that, and and John and I talked about this in the podcast. I do think one area that's not talked about enough that if people grasped how transformational it could be there might Mm -hmm. be more of a push to do it is Mm -hmm. safety yeah there are 30,000 plus deaths in the U.S. due to traffic fatalities Uh, every year it's the leading killer of of people between 18 and 34 I believe you said Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like more often than not you're hearing about kind of like the machines taking over right which is a valid concern but Mm. anyway yeah, not sure if I'm answering. Balanced exactly.
0: against the safety of those deaths, yeah. what's the bigger concern? Yeah, and, and an interesting stat I've actually heard there that I've always found compelling is that the the researchers um, and the engineers believe that cars have gotten almost as safe as they'll ever be from a. Um, minimizing the impact on the human being in the car, right? They're Mm -hmm. uber, uber safe. And the next level, to, to get the next big jump, it's going to have to be prevention, not making the car safer with an airbag with a crumple zone etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah. th- that's an interesting thing yeah and and to your point deaths there's a serious thing that could drive behavior changes yeah definitely interesting now go back um, because wearables is such a a hot topic go, yeah. go back to that one okay you talked about a large market trend and and I'm gonna agree with you and I'm gonna say okay let's take that for granted uh, I think there are enough people that buy into what what you and I think that we can take it for granted that wearables and specifically as they apply to the health and well wellness and the fitness areas mm-hmm. um, will take off. Who's doing it the best? Who has the best teamwork? All right. Who is t- thinking long term? Go back to those big things you talked about. And who sees it as a requirement? Is it Jawbone? You mentioned you've got one in order. Is it Apple and the new iWatch coming out? Is it? Is there one product that you say this seems the most innovative or the most applicable to me for the opportunity that
1: exists? You know, I've I, I don't have personal experience wearing a lot of them to this point, so I may mm-hmm. not have the most informed opinion. But when I, w- I will say, when I was searching for a fitness tracker, the Jawbone Three mm-hmm. that's coming out is the one that stood out to me as having the most, um, being able to to give you the most data, basically. Gotcha. Um, so, so I, I think they're doing it best. Yeah. I mean, Fitbit, from what I understand, is more of a like. Uh, step tracker yeah. and i think they monitor some sleep yep. but i think that the jawbone three kind of for like serious exercisers which yep. i wouldn't necessarily put myself in that category right but i'd like to I, i'd like to at least have what i think is the best of the best and be right. able to look at um you know heart rate vo2 max uh quality of sleep yep Yeah. You know, and it seemed to me like they were the ones that were doing yeah. it best. So I've they also,
0: provide the most data that makes it possible for the innovation.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I guess remains to be seen about the Apple Watch. I've, mm-hmm. I, I've read in, it was either MIT Technology Review or Fast Company recently mm-hmm. about, um, uh, and I don't even, it may have been Google that was experimenting with it, but um, it was like something you could wear, basic, basically saying like, you could embed wearables into your skin, essentially. <laughs>
0: that scares me.
1: see, <laughs> <laughs> that's too far for me. I, I don't
0: know about that. All right, okay. Yeah. But,
1: um, but, but so it was also, I think it was saying, as, as not necessarily as like a health and fitness device, but as, mm-hmm. a, as a means of communication, right? So now yeah. you get a notification on your cell phone and it buzzes. It, it may be, you know, rather than um, your phone buzzes, you have to look at it and, it, and it's your wife saying, you know honey pick up milk on the way home for dinner maybe two taps on your skin is your wife communicating that message i, I right. it was something like that right right, right. And, and i'm not i'm not saying i would buy that product but anyway <laughs> right, but right. That, that's a glimpse into what kinds of things may be created in the and
2: future where we'll be going. yeah yeah interesting
1: okay so those
0: are the areas that you think are are the most innovative in, in some of the the ways we're tackling it uh, we we've talked about the most fun the big themes that have come out of it. Um, take the big themes, your big three takeaways. Bring them down to the next level. Okay. What are some of the things that have been most commonly mentioned? And I'm assuming because we're talking to innovators, right? May- maybe it's some frequent quotes mm-hmm. um, that like everybody's quoting Will Sherwin, right? right. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, what are the things that you just keep? On hearing over and over again, that should just uh, remind all of us to to really pay attention to.
1: Yeah, uh, one has been identifying the right problem or the right question huh. b- before you actually get to work. So there was a guy yeah. Warren Berger that came on who had a, who wrote a book called A More Beautiful Question that was one of the uh, best business books to read this summer in 2014, yeah. um, as denoted or as, as named by Business Insider. Yeah. So he talked about that a lot. Um, and numerous, numerous other guests have have talked about that, and the quote that they often use, which is attributed to Albert Einstein, hmm. n- there's there's not actual evidence that he actually ever said it, but you know, it's one of those <laughs> but things legend says, yes, right? exactly, that legend says, exactly that he said, you know, uh, if I were given an hour to save the world, I would spend the first fifty five minutes coming up with the. You know, right question, in the last five minutes solving it, or something to that effect. Wow. Um. Or, or, and there are different variation variations of the quote. I think another one is is if I were given mm-hmm. a problem and an hour to solve it, I would spend the first 59 minutes working on the question, and the last minute working on the solution. Interesting. Um. So that's one thing that a lot of people have talked about, and another that's, you know, that that many have mentioned, is uh that creativity is something that is innate in all of us. And it's something hmm. that gets beat out of us over the course of time, because you, you know, when you're five years old, you, the world is your oyster, right? Endless right. possibilities. Your imagination just goes. Is, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you, you know, you go through school and you're taught over the course of 12, 13, 14, mm-hmm. 20 years that mm-hmm. there is one right answer and that your goal in school is to get to the right answer. So it, mm-hmm. it I think it kind of, limits us and puts blinders on us at times. And that's something that a lot of people have, have talked about, is that we get the creativity coached out of us yeah. uh, at an early age. Interesting. And, and there was... Um, I don't know, you watched the Super
0: Bowl? You know what? I didn't. I was actually celebrating my 15th anniversary with my wife. So I was in St. Lucia, nice. totally disconnected from the world. So I didn't watch the Super Bowl for probably the first time in my life.
1: Okay. Well, there was a commercial... Um, and I don't even remember who it was for, but wow. it was a very powerful, powerful commercial. And they, sh- they showed people on the screen and they said things like, throw like a girl. <laughs> and so they had adults okay. doing showing what it looked like for them to throw like a girl. Okay. And, you know, they looked predictably ridiculous. Right. And then they had kids on screen and they said, throw like a girl. Okay. And, you know, little girls were on there. They didn't know that they were supposed to look girly when they threw. Didn't know So, were. you know, they threw like an actual normal human being. would, Or like what a <laughs> six-year-old would throw like, right? Right. Um, but I saw shades of that in that commercial. And I think yeah, it's something that's very uh, – that I think could be – that is powerful. Yeah, yeah. And an interesting
0: innovation question would be um, how do we change that, right? How do we – is it the education system? Um, you know, yeah. I don't know what the right question to ask, going back to Einstein, right. is, but is it the education? Is it something we need to do to, uh, to keep that in, especially if it's the currency of today's digital economy, all yeah. right? like, like we would uh, propose that it is? Yeah, Fascinating, right? So you know, what other fascinating moments? That's an interesting word that I didn't even think about that I threw out there, but fascinating. Any moments that stick out of, like, wow, that was one of my favorites?
1: Um, let's see. You know, Greg Brando was a guy who came on recently, and he had a history at, at Next and Pixar and uh-huh. at Walt Disney Studios. And he told a great story about uh, the making of Toy Story 2 okay. and and um, a- and how there is a sense of psychological safety at Pixar. So mm-hmm. um, I-, I won't tell the whole story, but I would, yeah. I would say go back and listen to that. It's it's yeah. on the, the keys to leading innovative companies. Okay. Um, Episode, Greg was great in general. I mean, Uh you know, in recording him, that was just that was one where at the end of it, I was like, man, I've got a warm fuzzy feeling inside. (laughs) Um, And then there was uh, another guy named um, Dr. Kevin Freiberg who Mm -hmm. came on, and he's he spoke about the power of cause in an organization. Okay. And he told a story where if I were not trying to conduct an interview with him and I were just listening to it on the radio, I probably would have had tears streaming down my face. Wow. Uh, so That's that powerful. was super powerful. Mm. Um, I think I might even have it queued up. Do you want to you listen to it? Here yeah, now? let's do it. Let's see. I think we've got time. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, I just did this project for Vale Resorts, and I'm pretty uh, excited about what they're doing. And uh, they were telling me about um, – a ski instructor at Heavenly Valley, which is one of their one of their ski resorts in the Lake Tahoe area. Beautiful ski resort. You look out over Lake Tahoe it's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. Ski instructor comes in about two o'clock Will in the afternoon and it's cold and he's tired and he's kinda of thinking, you know, I'm ready to go home and the head of ski school says, You know what? We've got a private for you if you want it, two hour private. It's with a guy that's never been skied, never skied before, and he's from Texas, and he's in his early 80s. <laughs> you know, this guy's going, "Oh man, I, I want to go home." <laughs> Probably not your out. ideal
1: first-time skier.
2: Yeah, right, right. You know, and he's going, "Oh, okay, I'll take it." He <laughs> gets the guy out on the bunny hill, right? And and they're they're about an hour into it, and he says to the guy, "He says, so what do you?" what do you think? How you doing? And he goes, I'm okay. You know, if you're paying attention, I'm okay is not a really great response, right? And he says, well, what's wrong? He says, well, I just, it isn't what I expected. And he says, what do you mean? He says, well, I just expected to be able to see more. And then of course the ski instructor's going, dude, you are a first time skier. You are on the bunny hill. We're not going to the top of the mountain your first day, right? And the guy says, yeah, I, just, I guess I just expected to see more. Well, long story short, this ski instructor owns the experience, right? He goes to the lift operators and says, could we take uh, George to the top of the hill? You know, we'll just get off, we'll look around, and then we'll spread the lift back down. They get up to the top of Heavenly. They look out over the beauty of the lake and everything, and this guy starts crying. And the ski instructor, uh, Scott Dickey, says, George, what's wrong he said it's just so beautiful it's just gorgeous he says well george surely you've been you know you've seen other places that are equally as beautiful he said i've never been out of texas i've never done anything like this and uh they get back on the lift and they start down and turns out that george has a terminal disease and only has two months to live and one of his bucket list items was to get to the top of a ski mountain and look out over the beauty and Scott Dickey said man he's crying i'm crying he said it was one of the best days of his life and then Scott Dickey said and it was one of the best days of mine as well now if you think about what vale resort stands for
1: so i'll just stop it there but yeah. that was that was one of the more powerful moments that I've had, and you know, in hosting this, and the
0: the power of storytelling too, right? Yeah, how it conveys things. Wow. Well, so the power of storytelling—that's a lot of what we do on the podcast—is we tell stories to teach lessons. It's one of the reasons why it can be advantageous over the written word. So. Podcasting's gotten quite popular. It's getting a lot of press lately. Uh, you're you're one of the uh, the heroes uh, of the space here. Right? <laughs> the fiftieth episode here. What other podcasts do you listen to, and, and uh, are, are are popular in in your
1: mind, and that you follow? So I've been listening recently to a podcast called Startup that's mm-hmm. uh, that's about a guy who's starting a podcasting company. Basically, no and way he, he has the benefit <laughs> of having formerly been at This American Life at NPR, and, okay. and so he's you know well connected and he's going through the uh, funding process and okay. yeah, all, all that jazz. But so that's excellent. Uh, I I got super obsessed with Serial. Everybody, I haven't listened to it, but like every time I turn around.
0: It's like somebody's talking about it.
1: I, I not only listen to Serial, The Onion AV Club, which is actually like the the one serious kind of media commentary thing that The mm-hmm. Onion does. Mm-hmm. They put out a podcast called The Serial, Serial, where they talk about Serial. I listen to that. Really? <laughs> wow. Um, you know, anything you that's are been published it. I've read. Yeah, it's, you should listen. It's okay. very good. Okay. Um and so I listen to those, and uh, and what else? You know, Chris Graham has a couple that he's, he's one uh, of our coworkers here uh, at Three Pillar that he's that he's trying to turn me on to. Okay. Um, uh, I listen to PTI. Part, okay. Part of yeah, sure. the interruption of comes course. out in podcast form, and it's yeah. super convenient. Kornheiser and Wilbon yeah, right there. Exactly. <laughs> they're great. Hilarious.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Good stuff. Um, So those are some of your favorite podcasts. We've talked about some of your favorite moments and those different things, Um. I've got to ask, since I don't have access to the blooper reel,
1: Yeah. what are some of the worst
0: moments of the podcast? Uh, anything stick out
1: in your mind? Uh, so, you know, there have been a few times where there have been problems with recordings <laughs> and or with things that I have actually uploaded to Libsyn, which is our hosting service. Okay. So the way it works is you upload something to Libsyn, then it distributes it distributes it to iTunes and Stitcher okay. Radio. So I've uploaded a few episodes where there was dead space, either <laughs> the first time it was at the end of an episode, so it wasn't okay. that big a deal. That's not too bad. Yeah, you just turned it off. The second time it was at the beginning of an episode, so okay. where there should have been an intro, there was dead space. <laughs> so that was bad. That was kind of embarrassing. That felt very bad, but it's it's funny. There's also an episode of Startup where they talk about when things break, I think is the title of it. Okay. And... Uh, you go, you go, kind of behind the scenes of the production, and they ran an ad that they hadn't told somebody that the, that was in the ad that it was an actually that it was actually an ad, <laughs> um, and you know you hear things like they can't find the audio files. So yeah. listening to that, it's made me feel a little bit better about the yeah. about some of the slip ups, uh, but there have definitely been some. There was an episode yeah. that we that I did with uh, with Brian O and Canal Shaw, and uh, it was on the future of, of uh, mobile payments okay and we have a three-way splitter here and uh, you know I had everybody trying to trying to have it so that everybody could hear what was going on but it distorted the quality i thought it would still be fine once we got it done but we got it done and i was like oh my god i can't i can't <laughs> this is unusable <laughs> um so but you know i th- i think that that's a listen to it's like they say in sports the losses always hurt more than yep. the more than the wins feel good you remember those things and they yep. stick with you but they also uh, or lessons that you learn along the way right. and that you know you know next time you'll come out and, and you will do better at least that's the idea yeah. uh, so it's you know n- nothing is is an exact science and, uh, and and I would like to think that we've learned as much from the failures as we have from the successes
0: in the grand scheme of things if those are your biggest uh, bloopers there you've got a made right? <laughs> I, I would have put my foot in my mouth about 37 times or something <laughs> like that <laughs> Um Oh, uh, That's funny. So you've mentioned a lot of folks along the way and mm-hmm. you've mentioned um, you know, colleagues, you've mentioned um, some people that you've just connected with. You know, like, I could go have a beer with that person. Yeah. Um, What are some of your favorites? What are some of the favorite folks um, that you just, and for different reasons, maybe go go through a few more than the ones you've mentioned, not to play favorites, right? Obviously, we're appreciative and and you enjoy all the conversations, but I'm sure some resonate with you in particular more than others, and and I'm curious what those are.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So... I would say that uh, Mitch Ditkoff was a guy who came on recently and we actually talked about the art of storytelling and yeah. and he uh, he was great we had a great conversation um, really liked him. I, I mentioned Russ Schoen earlier uh, who talked about the the importance of being open to drive innovation thought we had a really good rapport, and, and he was super fun um, re- I had a uh, I really enjoyed Dr. Leticia Britos Cavagnaro. Hmm. From, uh, the, from the Stanford D School. We talked about design thinking, and mm-hmm. she had taught a, a course that actually some of us here took yeah. um, on design thinking, so she was fantastic. Shubar Ali from Salesforce was one of the first kind of gits that I was, like, mm. super excited about. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, he's uh, that, That's a pretty big name. Salesforce is a big company, obviously. Sure. They were named the most innovative company in the world for three years in a row by Forbes, I think. So that was one of the first guests where I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll finish it out with our very first outside guest, a guy named Jonathan Vihar from the Center uh-huh. for Creative Leadership. Sure. Um, and he just could not have been nicer. It's awesome. And and that's really been my experience with so many of the guests. They're uh-huh. all just, like, super warm, friendly, Yeah. I mean, nice sounds kind of like a hokey mm-hmm. way to say, it, but they're just all super nice people. Yeah. So you know, those those have been some of my favorites.
0: Yeah. So it's funny. So listening to that, I hear super nice people and how engaging they were. I then start mapping it back to some of the lessons learned. You say and and you said, um, you know, teamwork, how innovation is a team sport. Talked about the long term thinking versus just quick, you know, get get rich quick schemes. Right. Um, some of those things it starts to lead me to want to believe that culture is such an important part of innovation right yeah. and and that the culture that we create how much collaboration that there is right if the if the greatest minds are easy to approach uh, yeah. the greatest minds of innovation are are people that you're actually enjoying talking to and are so nice and those types of things right? you know, i think it kind of confirms the lessons you've learned
1: yeah without a doubt i would say that's a huge part of it and that's something that many many guests have have said you know yeah. going back to jonathan v something he talked about uh we talked a lot about that with uh, with Leticia Britos-Cavignaro. Craig mm-hmm. Brando talked about it in, mm-hmm. in the Pixar episode. So, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Okay, so last question. Okay. You, Mr. Sherlin. Yes. Uh, went to school in North Carolina. This is true. You're a Tar Heel. True. Um and we all know that Tar Hills are are big into basketball. <laughs> and the rumor has it that you, as a fairly short male, <laughs> learned to dunk a basketball. And from some of our conversations, you've told me that you think that that experience uh, of training ha- has some pretty good similarities to what people go through when they're trying to innovate. and. I don't know if I understand that, but I sure am impressed that you could dunk a basketball because I'm taller than you are, and I I never had been able to figure that out, even though I tried really hard when I was young. So give right. me some insight. So
1: so let me let me try to put those two things together. Um, and that's true. I, I'm not super short, but I'm under six feet. Let's put it that way. And I did train to the point where I could dunk a basketball. Did it two times, and I have it on nice. video. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, but but the things that I learned training to dunk a basketball that I think can be applied to innovating successfully are, yeah, first of all, you have to be willing to take risks. Mm. I, I didn't throw them down on the first try or the second <laughs> try. It was probably the 500th or 600th or 700th. So you have to be willing to take risks and basically go out and look like an idiot, right? There right. reports courts at, at uh, Volta and 34th in DC where they were constantly games going on and i would go up there and for you know minutes and minutes and minutes i mean not hours right eventually your hands would get worn out and and you'd start bleeding but i would just go and keep trying to dunk over and over and over again and you have to be willing to you know you have to be willing to fail many times and and i think there um you feel yourself getting closer you feel yourself making progress and that motivates you okay um you know i, I think another th- another um, lesson that i learned it, and it kind of goes hand in hand but you have to be willing to put yourself out there right so one of the one one of the reasons that i think i was able to do it was cuz i talked about it i told people yeah i i'm going to try to get you know in good enough shape that i can dunk a basketball and people yeah. would do one of two things they would laugh uh huh which pissed me off sure. and, and made me want to do it, right? Uh, or they would give me advice. They would say, oh, hey, have you thought about doing box jumps? Have you thought about wow doing calf raises, standing off of steps? And I incorporated a lot of that stuff in, into what I was doing.
0: Yeah, so you were trying a lot of different things to get you there. So you were experimenting with what were the right exercises to get there. Yeah. <sighs> Fascinating. Okay. So, so David, I've got,
1: I've, I've got one thing for you. Uh-oh. Okay. On the very first episode of our podcast... We tried to taste innovation in the form of Pop-Tarts. We did. So, we did. Uh, Denise Barajas has just brought in some Taco Bell. <laughs> Is and, Taco uh, Bell innovative? I, I think she has some Doritos Locos and some Cool Ranch <laughs> Doritos Locos tacos for us. So we we might just pause the audio real quick and, and open some of this stuff up and maybe see if we can taste innovation to close out the 50th podcast episode. <laughs> oh, how we come full circle. <laughs> Okay, so, so we've identified which ones are the Cool Ranch and which ones are the uh, just regular Doritos Locos, and, and now we're about to dig in and, and see what we think. Let's give this a shot here. Okay, nacho cheese.
0: I can taste the cheese in that one, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pushing cheese taste into a taco shell um, is kind of innovative. Um, Sometimes innovation is simple though. I'm not sure why you wouldn't just put cheese on top, but <laughs> <laughs> We haven't tried the cool ranch yet. I do That's true. I didn't need to do that. Um, but I mean cool ranch chips have been around forever, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know if this putting it around a taco counts for innovation. You think?
1: No, not doing I mean, it. The cool ranch isn't doing it for you. I don't you. think so. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. I could leave the cool ranch for sure. Yeah. Sorry, Taco Bell. It's kind of. What was the Pop Tart in that first episode? Was it a? Uh, it was a cupcake one. Was yeah. It there's a, a cupcake with one with with Jimmy's. Uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, Jimmies. yeah. That's exactly right. It's like not so much. Yeah. That's that's what the ranch is like. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I could
1: do the nacho cheese and the fiery. Yeah. We'll probably finish. I mean, it's late. I haven't had lunch yet.
0: I'm with you. All right. All right. Very good. Nice. Hey, congratulations on the 50th episode, my friend. Uh, Great job. Thanks for this. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Thank you, David. Thanks for for playing host today. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks very much to Three Pillar CEO, David DeWolf, for hosting this week's Innovation Engine podcast and for joining us in the studio once again. It's always great to have David here with us. And that was a great way to close out this very special episode. Don't forget to tune in to next week's episode when we're excited to have Alex Besson on the podcast to talk about the Internet of Things and the wave of innovation it will unleash. We'll look at how the Internet of Things will eventually mean that the internet fades into the background of our everyday lives, how mobile and the Internet of Things will feed off of one another symbiotically, and which companies are doing the most innovative things today in the IOT space. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week. The innovation engine podcast is recorded, produced, edited, and published each week by three pillar global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information on the company or our services, please visit our website at www.3pillarglobal.com.